The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Claire Kimball. And I'm Kate Watson. It's Friday the 11th of December. In your Squiz today, all eyes on big tech. What's happening with Brexit? Elon Musk's successful explosion? And owning the underarm space? This is your Squiz today. Facebook has been at the centre of things here in Australia this week as our government, Claire, moves to legislate to make the tech giant pay for news content. More on that in a bit. What we're starting with today is what's happening with Facebook in the US. The US government and 48 states and districts yesterday launched landmark lawsuits against the social media platform. Their issue is they think Facebook has far too much of a monopoly. The way the Washington Post has put it is that they've deployed illegal anti-competitive tactics to buy, bully and kill its rival. What they're really zeroing in on is the acquisition of Instagram and WhatsApp as a way to ramp up their revenue and then crush their competitors. So it's a really big lawsuit that's quite landmark. It's called an anti trust lawsuit, and it's not the only tech giant being targeted, Claire. Earlier in the year, a similar case was brought against Google. Yeah, there's a big reckoning happening there at the moment. That big antitrust lawsuit brought against Google is also considered to be potentially ground shifting. There's other nations around the world as well that are on Google and Facebook's tail, particularly the European Union regulators. They've already fined both of those big operators for various breaches uh, of the laws there. And eyes are also said to be on other big players like Apple and Amazon over there big positions in their markets. Really, it boils down to the question, how big is too big? And given Australia is the first in the world to tackle the issue of the big tech platforms paying for news content, we're likely to see some attention. Indeed. And Google and Facebook are yet to really respond to what has happened here in Australia this week. No doubt there'll be more on that as that issue evolves into next year. Yeah, we've got a squeeze shortcut out on this this week. A link to that is in your episode notes if you want to understand that new media code just a little bit better. Claire National Cabinet is meeting today for the last time this year and the first time in person. Lots of awkward elbow bumps around the table, no doubt, after they've been video conferencing all year. On the agenda is getting international students here safely for 2021. There's, of course, some issues around that. Uh, Also discussing the vaccine rollout and how National Cabinet's going to work going forward. WA Premier Mark McGowan is the only one that won't be there in person. He can virtually elbow bump or something like that, if that's what they do. (laughs) And it doesn't seem like we're winding down for Christmas at all with the United Nations Climate Ambition Summit kicking off tomorrow, virtually, of course. Hosted by the UK, it's a chance for nations to talk about the work they're doing to combat climate change. Australia will attend, Claire, but whether we get to speak is a whole other thing. Yeah, there was a big conference that was scuttled this year that was due to happen in Glasgow and what countries were expected to do was to come to the table with more ambitious climate commitments. That hasn't happened for Australia and so Scott Morrison doesn't get a speaking spot. Yeah, and it's the summit season, it seems, Claire. Before all that, Scott Morrison will virtually again attend the Pacific Islands Forum, another one where climate change will be a hot topic. Something we haven't talked 
about this year nearly as much as we did last year is Brexit. To recap, the UK officially left the EU on the 31st of January. But if you read reports today, it's like it's a repeat of last year, Claire. Lots of talk of a deadline for the EU and the UK to reach an agreement. I thought we'd been through this. (laughs) Except that this is about trade. So Brexit has happened. The UK has left the European Union. But what they gave themselves another 11 months to work out was how trade was going to work between them. Uh, Decision day is now Sunday. There've been lots of talks over the last couple of months or so. Apparently, they remain far apart on the issues, particularly focused on fishing rights, uh, competition rules, standards, and how any deal will be enforced. It doesn't look like there's going to be a deal there at this point, and that causes all sorts of issues. There could be significant disruptions on borders and also to supply chains. So maybe we'll be talking about Brexit a bit more in 2021. I reckon we might. Back here, last night the recommendations of a parliamentary inquiry into the destruction of sacred sites in Western Australia by mining company Rio Tinto was revealed. It looks like it could mean that Rio would have to compensate traditional landowners for the loss of those sites and also commit Claire to reconstructing it. The National Native Title Council boss Jamie Lowe yesterday said that the mine had an economic value of $135 million and then when you factor in cultural loss, that could go up to at least $250 million in terms of compensation to the traditional owners there. Also under consideration is a recommendation to suspend the system under which those sorts of sites can have mining happen. It's known as Section 18 approved. What the Western Australian Treasurer and Aboriginal Affairs Minister Ben Wyatt says is that if that was to shut down, it would stop billions of dollars worth of economic activity in Western Australia from happening. Yeah, the context to all of that is that what Rio Tinto did was legal because they had received that Section 18 approval from the WA government back in 2013. There was a large explosion, Claire, in the south of Texas yesterday as a rocket prototype designed by Elon Musk's SpaceX went kaboom as it came back down to Earth. No one on board, luckily. Interesting too that despite that test flight having a very fiery end, it was considered to be successful because it went right up into the atmosphere and they got lots of data from the flight. Elon Musk is known for his sort of move quickly and break things approach and this is certainly true in this instance. (laughs) The full footage is available if that's your thing. A link to that is in your episode notes. If it's not really your thing but it kind of is, just fast forward to the end for the explosion bit. (laughs) There's lots of best of 2020 lists going around at the moment, Claire. This one, though, is risky. Very, very, very risky to put in our podcast. (laughs) It's a list of the most mispronounced words by newsreaders. Guilty? Yes, we are. <laughs> Look, anyone listening who has shuddered at some of, particularly my pronunciations, oh, I think, uh, would appreciate the sense of humour that we bring to this story. Uh, on that list, Anthony Fauci, F O W C H E, which is an issue. Um, Kamala Harris, of course, has stumped many people this year. One I thought was interesting, Kate, was Leonardo da Vinci. 
Yeah, someone got that wrong and it went viral this year. I thought there you I think go. I think we've got that one down pat though. We don't talk about him nearly enough, of course. <laughs> no, not for the great giant that he is. Um also K-pop band BTS, their full name can really when you try and translate that into the South Korean that it is uh, a rather difficult one as well. How are you going to give it a go? Uh, Pang Tan Son Young Dan. Oh, God. Okay, now we're done. (laughs) (laughs) Yesterday we talked about the most Googled terms of the year and I think if someone was to look at my Google search history, there'd be a lot of how to pronounce insert world leader's name here. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Some will think this final one is utterly ridiculous. Some will think it's genius. Yesterday, Cricket Australia announced a commercial partnership with Rexona. The brand placement will mean that Big Bash League umpires will have the Rexona brand under their arms. It will be visible when they're signalling a six or a buy. It's just genius, isn't it? I talk about sweating all of your assets. It's one spot that clearly is really, really special. And who, th- whoever thought of that, give them a pay rise. Yeah, certainly the earned media around that is pretty strong. And as they said, they're really owning the underarm space. <laughs> Goes to our subject line today too. Kate, remember the la 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 long song? Oh, yeah. One of the lyrics there is sweat till you can't sweat no more. It is too. And while we're talking about the email, that's quite a good segue. For our email subscribers, don't forget a heap of prizes to be won if you read the Squiz Today email each day this week. We've got Four Pillars Gin, shoes from Karayuma, vouchers to get your house cleaned from Urban U, that's my pick. Jump into the Squiz Today email for more details on that or for those who have been thinking about signing up. We'll be doing it all again next week, so it might be a good time to take that next step with us. That's all from us today and we'll be back with you on Monday. The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast where your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesquiz.com. A quick message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic dam copper mine. It's happening now at bhp.au.